Hi, and welcome to the Church Unlimited podcast. Church Unlimited is a vibrant, Bible-based church in North Lakes, Queensland, that is passionate about helping people discover the genuine love of Jesus. If you're currently looking for a home church, we would love for you to join us for Sunday worship. For more information about our Sunday service or to find out how we can best help you, head to our website at churchunlimited.com.au. We hope you enjoy this message from Sunday service. Well, are you ready? We're going to get into the Word this morning. And uh, last week we kicked off our Numa series. Numa is the Greek word for Holy Spirit. And we're covering Holy Spirit. Next week is actually um, Pentecost Sunday, which is the, the significant moment in Acts 2 where the Holy Spirit was poured out on all flesh. And, uh, and so next Sunday is... is is, is the actual in the calendar. It's Pentecost Sunday. And so in the weeks leading up to that, I wanted to do a series on Holy Spirit because I just believe that there are so many beautiful dimensions and aspects of God. And, and, and one of the things that I've learned in my life is, is just when I start to understand God this way, He reveals Himself to me in a whole new way. And just when you think you're getting your mind around salvation and Jesus and the cross, He reveals to you the Father. And the Father is, is, is just so beautiful. And, and then you start to, you start to understand your Father and you understand. And then He reveals to you the Spirit and the Holy Spirit and the power of God that is at work within us. And I just love that about God. You, you can never get bored hanging out with God because He's got multiple personality disorder. There's so many beautiful dimensions of who God is. He intends to, to reveal himself to us in multiple different ways because God is not a human with one personality. God is so much bigger than that. And he reveals to us his nature in greater ways. So last week, we kicked off the Numa series by talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. We made some very clear distinctions as we did that. The first thing we said was that the Holy Spirit is God. He is God. He's not just a part of God. He's not just a, a, a ghost. From Genesis to Revelation, He is affirmed and confirmed as God. Then we said that the Holy Spirit is a person within the Trinity. So, so He has a very unique role. He has a very unique personality that is experienced and revealed to us in Scripture. He isn't just some spirit or a thing. He's a person that we can know and we can talk to and we can hear from. Then we said that if he is God and he is in the Trinity, that he's equal with the Father and he's equal with the Son. And, and I think it's, it's, it's critical that we don't subconsciously rank the Godhead. You know, it's like, well, Jesus, you know, he's the one who saved us, but then he says he came to glorify the Father and then so then Holy Spirit must be down here. So it must go Father, and then it must go Son, and then it must go Holy Spirit. That, that's, that's silly. They're equal with one another, and they have different roles that help us to know Him and know purpose and outwork our God purpose. And then the last thing that we said last week was that, that every person carries Holy Spirit from conception. That every person on earth is a carrier of the Holy Spirit, even those that don't yet know God. Yeah. 
even unchurched non-Christians have the Holy Spirit inside them. Because when we were created, the breath of God brought us to life. The breath of God is the, is the is, in Scripture, is the Hebrew word ruach, which means Holy Spirit. So everybody is a carrier of God's presence. We just are just too busy living and leading our own lives. This is why the Bible talks about the unpardonable sin of grieving the Holy Spirit. It says that there are so many, all sins can be forgiven, but you can't blaspheme the Holy Spirit. Have you ever read that passage in the scriptures and you go, well, wait a minute, like uh, how, um, you know, like, oh, gee, there's only one. Well, do you know what this tells me? It tells me that there is only one unforgivable sin. So, so it can't be getting drunk. It can't be being gay. It can't be murder. It can't be all, it can't, because there's only one. What is the one unforgivable sin? Well, Scripture calls it blaspheming the Holy Spirit. To blaspheme the Holy Spirit is a, is a big deal. What does that mean? Well, let, let's pause that conversation because I brought you out onto a, a cliff's edge there and you're all like, oh, gee, tell me so I don't do it. Okay. Well, Scripture then says that those who believe in Christ or put their faith in Christ are saved or forgiven. And those who do not are worthy of the condemnation and, and the judgment of God. So we know that salvation is based on faith in Christ Jesus. For those who have not yet put their faith in Christ Jesus, they have committed the unforgivable sin. They're not forgiven. All right. Well, if that is true, then that must also equal grieving the Holy Spirit or blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Because if there's un only one unforgivable sin, which is unbelief or a lack of faith, there can't be that plus something else. There's only one. You following my logic here? So let's bring this back now to what it means to blaspheme or grieve the Holy Spirit. Well, the Holy Spirit is the revealer. He's within me revealing my own sin and my own need for God. He's revealing to me my need for Jesus. He's constantly revealing to everyone their need for Jesus. The problem is we don't want to listen to it. We don't want, we, you know, we, we don't want to hear that. I actually, I, I, I'm convinced more than ever that the unforgivable sin is just living in my own pride and my own independence where I believe that I am as smart as God. And so instead of allowing the revealer to reveal to me my need for Jesus, I sit here in my own pride, in my own revelation, believing that I've got it all together. Therefore, I'm committing the unforgivable sin of unbelief. But the role of the Holy Spirit within me is knocking at the door of my heart, waiting to reveal Jesus to me at all times. And so every person on the earth carries the nature of God within them. But we blaspheme the Holy Spirit. You know, they said about Jesus, because Jesus tells the Pharisees that he and the Father are one. And what do they say to him? You blasphemer. How dare you equal yourself with God? Right? How dare you equal? And that's when they wanted to kill him. They didn't really have a problem with the miracles. 
They had a problem with him when he said he was equal with God. Well, when we blaspheme the Holy Spirit, that's me saying, no, I'm the revealer. I am equal with the Holy Spirit, creating myself. The, 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 I am my own revelation. And now I am living in my own futile thinking, trying to understand life with my finite mind. And therefore, I have, it's the same thing. So when you read in your Bibles, oh my gosh, there's some unforgivable sin. I hope I don't do it. Well, it's not that easy to do if you already believe in Jesus. So if the Holy Spirit is equal to God the Father and God the Son, we got to understand why He is different as well. Why does God choose to reveal us the Holy Spirit and what is His role in our lives? There's three things He does. The first thing He does, as I already told you, is He reveals Jesus to us. The second thing He does is He reveals Jesus in us. And the third thing He does is He reveals Jesus through us. So, so let's, let's unpack this. The first one, I'm born in the Spirit. I am born in the Spirit. I said last week that we're not a product of science. We are, a, we are alive because the Spirit breathed on us and our atoms and our molecules came to life. We unpacked Genesis 1.26 that says, Then God said, Let us make man in our likeness. Well, we're made in the likeness of God. If God is spirit, then we have spirit within us. In Genesis 2.7, it says, The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed pneuma, ruah, Holy Spirit into his nostrils and the breath of life. And he became a living being when that happened. Romans 8.11 says, The spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. He dwells in you. So we are carriers of the Holy Spirit. This means that the Holy Spirit's role in this case is to bring us to a revelation that I am not my own God, lost in my own nice ideology, but I need to surrender myself and humble myself and allow the Spirit to lead me to God. Paul teaches us this in Romans 1. He says in Romans 1.18, For the wrath or the judgment of God is revealed from heaven against ungodliness and the unrighteousness of men. It's revealed. Who suppress, that, that, that mankind suppresses truth in unrighteousness because what may be known of God is manifest in them. For God has shown it to them. Well, some people have read that verse and said, man, how do people know about God when they haven't been told about God? Well, this scripture tells us that it's already revealed in us, in his creation. It's revealed and made manifest in his creation. Let's keep reading. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his, external, his eternal power and the Godhead, so that we are without excuse. Why is every human on earth without excuse? 
Because we have the Spirit of God already inside of us, and His job is to reveal to us who Christ is. This is so important that we understand this. Now, okay, this is why um, your, your, your primitive people groups all have a God awareness. They all have a God. Now, they, they articulate it in different ways, and, and ultimately, we see that ultimately articulated in Christ, who is God in the flesh. But there is an awareness within every human being that we would understand that God is already inside of us, revealing to us the error of our ways, and that He is God, and that we are not the top of the food chain or the, the, the highest mark in the pecking order. We've got to understand that God is revealing to us Christ Jesus. This is why in Matthew chapter 16, it says, When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I am? And so they said, Some say John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. Others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And Jesus said to them, Who do you say that I am? Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered him and said, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, or Peter, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. It wasn't your own brain power that realized that Jesus is the Son of God. It's the Spirit within you that is revealing to you the nature of who God is. This is why when I, when I came to put my faith in Jesus, I grew up learning in Sunday school and I knew all the answers in my mind. But then I went my own way and, and followed after my own foolish thinking. And I, and I denied God because I thought that I just wanted to do what I wanted to do. And I therefore became my own God. This is why I actually personally do not believe in atheists. I don't believe that you can be an atheist. Because to be an atheist is to say that I am so right. I am so convinced that there's nothing out there. Therefore, I must be God. And this is what happens with humanity. We exalt ourselves as God in our own eyes. We're exalt- we, 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 we lift our own selves up. I know it all. I've got so much science. I've got 10 doctorates that have proved to me. Do you know how much faith it takes to believe that we were not created? Do you know how much self-deception you need? Because you have revealed in your own mind that it's a certain way. But the nature of God is within us, revealing to us. John 15, Jesus says, when the helper, the pneuma comes... He shall send, I shall send him to you from the Father. And the, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify to me. I did not someday just go, you know what? I'm a really dirty, dirty rotten sinner. Hmm. Oh, wow. I've, I've sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I know what I'll do. I'll go to church and I'll listen to the preacher. And when the preacher tells me, I'll put my hand up because I decided. No, it doesn't work like that. The Spirit of God is in me. Do you know that when I was a sinner, I was a miserable sinner. 
I would go to the clubs and I would, I would have momentary fun, but the misery, the guilt, the anguish, the pain, the just, I was a miserable sinner because I would fool myself for a night, but the next morning I would wake up knowing, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Why am I living this way? It's not because I had some preacher or because I had some personal understanding in my own mind. It's because there is my spirit knew that I was at odds with God. And the spirit was trying to lead me to the things of God. So I went to a nightclub and my friend, you know, and I went, we went and partied and did, did all the, the things that we shouldn't have been doing. And the next morning I woke up and, and I was just like, I can't keep doing this. Well, it's not because I'm so smart. No, I'm an idiot. I did what I did the night before. So I said to my friend Daniel, I was like, Daniel, I, I, I don't know how to explain this, but I, I don't want to keep living this way. And he said, funny that you say that. I'm feeling that too. We need to go to church. Now, I wasn't even smart enough to go, oh yeah, we need to go to church. <laughs> I just knew that something was off. So we go to church and, and I... I, I I hear the preaching and the, the salvation of Jesus Christ. And that's when my spirit starts doing backflips, right? And I'm like, whoa, I need that in my life. Well, it's not because I was so smart, you know. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm smart enough to know. No, it's the spirit that's revealing to me. Check this verse out in Romans 2.4. Do not despise the riches of his goodness, his forbearance, and his long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. The goodness of God, the Spirit, is leading me. In, it's, it's internal. It's not like some voice outside saying, Hey, James, I'm mad at you, you sinner. It's this kindness of God in the person of the Holy Spirit that's revealing to me that I'm not right with God. It's revealing to me that, that, James, you have exalted yourself as the revealer, but you're revealing poorly. You need to humble yourself and allow the Spirit of God to reveal to you Christ. So here's the second thing. The, 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 the Spirit reveals to me my need for Christ and I accept Jesus and I am born again. Born again of the Spirit. Born again. And, and, and now the Spirit, he's, he's revealing to me my need for Jesus in the first one, but now He's revealing in me Christ. I, I become born again. I'm no longer of my old flesh, my old futile thinking. I've now got the I'm born again, so I've, I've, I've now got an awakening of spirit within me. He's not just living dormant within me. He's awakened within me. Then in, in John 14, it says this. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will pray to the Father, and he will give you another helper, the Numa, that he might abide with you forever, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, because they're revealing to themselves. That's why they don't know. But you know him, for he dwells in you and he will be with you. So the helper, the paraclete, the spirit, the Holy Spirit is now revealing in me truth. 
I didn't know what truth was. When, if you were to ask me, you know, explain the doctrine of salvation, when I put my hand in the air, I could not have done that. I had no idea the doctrine of salvation. I just knew that something wasn't right and there was something churning inside of me that was drawing me back to God. But now the pneuma reveals to me truth. Holy Spirit reveals truth in me. Here's a great verse in, in 2 Corinthians 5.16. It says, therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old things have passed away. And behold, all things are becoming new. Well, why are they becoming new? Because when I say yes to Jesus... And I surrender, saying yes to Jesus isn't like some great accomplishment. Saying yes to Jesus is like me going, oh my gosh, I have absolutely been fooling myself for a long time. And now I need to surrender myself and allow the spirit to reveal to me who God is and who I am. And so now he's taking me on a journey, revealing to me my new identity. My, my, uh, that, that I am not the old anymore. The old sinful James has passed. In fact, that, that passage goes on to say that I'm actually righteous in Christ. There, there are moments where in my mind I look myself in the mirror and I go, you know what, I, I don't feel very righteous. But in my spirit, I know that I am forgiven and that the blood of Jesus is sufficient for me. Because the Holy Spirit is revealing that to me over and over. And that's becoming my new identity. Peter puts it like this in 1 Peter 2.9. He says, you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. That you would proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into the marvelous light. As, as I'm born again in the Spirit. He's revealing to me my new identity, that I'm chosen, that I'm chosen. I have a father who wanted me. I, I, he reveals to me that I'm royal. I'm not just some commoner, but I'm, 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 I'm a joint heir with Christ. That's a revelation that happens as the Spirit is revealing Christ in me. He's showing me more and more of my nature made in God's likeness. That I never knew before. The orphan is gone. That I'm holy. You know, it's taken me a long time to be able to say that I'm holy. Because I get so hung up on all my mistakes. I, I see my own shortcomings and my own inadequacies all the time. That I'm his special creation. I'm not just common. Then the Spirit is revealing in me how I am to live. In Galatians 5.16 it says... I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of your flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and they're contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. So the Spirit is now revealing Christ in me, that I'm being transformed, I'm being made new, I'm becoming that new image. But it's not just like a, get, get, you know, a self-help program. Oh yeah, I, I, I always cringe a little when people say, come to church, you'll become a better person. 
To be honest with you, all the trying in all the world, doesn't, it's not going to help you be a better person. What I need to do is I need to surrender and continue to yield as the Spirit is revealing to me who I am becoming in the Spirit, not according to my old flesh. So He's revealing to me that I'm becoming. This is why in Galatians 5, it then says the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, or long-suffering. Long-suffering sounds so bad. Do you know that in this, as you become the new creation in the Spirit, you can suffer for a long time? <laughs> Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. As I am surrendering my old life, and the Spirit is revealing in me my new identity in Christ, I'm just going to naturally bear fruit. What's my fruit going to look like? It's going to look like Jesus. Because Jesus is, is the Spirit. It's good. My life is going to look more. And I heard somebody say recently, you know, I like to swear. And, and, and when I'm around my non-Christian friends, I like to drink too much. And I like to, I like to fit in with them so that I can show them that normal people go to church. And I heard that and I said, I think you're misunderstanding what it means to come to Jesus. Because when I come to Jesus, the Spirit doesn't just reveal to me that I'm a dirty, rotten sinner, but I'm forgiven. He reveals to me my new identity, that I don't talk the way that I used to talk, that I don't even think the way that I used to think, that instead of being impatient and ungrateful, I can now suffer for a really, really long time. Because the Spirit in me is bearing fruit as I become more and more like God. This process is called sanctification. Where Christ is being revealed. He's not just revealed to me. He's being revealed in me. And that I'm becoming more and more and more like Jesus. Now let's land this with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because contrary to popular belief. I am not becoming more and more like Jesus, so that I can become a prefect Christian. Oh, I'm top of the class. A plus. I don't swear anymore. Oh, I suffered for a really long time today. <laughs> the third thing that the Holy Spirit does is He then reveals through me. Holy Spirit revealed to me. I need Jesus. Holy Spirit then reveals in me that I'm becoming like Jesus. Now he wants to reveal through me. The Apostle Paul puts it like this in 2 Corinthians 5. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Wow, you've set the bar really high. I am to represent Christ? I am His ambassador designed to bring reconciliation between humanity and God? Whoa, 
It's not just so that I can like play the guitar really good. It's not just so that I can just be like a good Christian businessman. No, my whole life is now to be an ambassador for Christ. This is why it's so important that Christ is revealed in me. So that when I go out into the world, I look and smell and sound like him. I cringe a little bit. I've got a Church Unlimited sticker on the back of my car. And I'm a very good driver. I'm a very good driver. A little on the aggressive side. I I am an aggressive driver. And every now and again, I'll be impatient and I'll, I'll zoom up and cut somebody off. And then I realize that they're staring at me at the stoplights. Church Unlimited on the back of my car. And I go, yeah, good on you, ambassador. Yeah, that's what the world needs, more people like that. No, I am an ambassador for Jesus. My purpose now is not just to be a prefect Christian, top of the class. Who cares if we rank it on, you know, HDs and Ds and passes and fails and No, I I just need to, I'm becoming more like Jesus as the Spirit is revealing Jesus to me so that when I go to the, when I'm driving in my car, I can can be a better ambassador than I was yesterday. This is where the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes in. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is an empowerment where the Spirit in me gets activated in such a way that now the power of God is flowing through me so that I can represent Jesus in a greater way. Contrary to popular belief, baptism of the Holy Spirit isn't just for feel-good moments of falling down on the ground. The baptism in the Holy Spirit isn't just so that I can speak in tongues. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is that my witness would carry authority and power Let's look at this in Scripture. In Acts chapter 1, we see Jesus speaking. He says, And being assembled with them together. Who's the them? About 500 people. Corinthians tells us that there are about 500 people at the ascension of Christ. And it says, He commanded His disciples. Are they Christians? Yes. Are they born again? Absolutely. Do they have the Holy Spirit? Absolutely. But he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but he said, wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you've heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So Jesus is saying, great, the Holy Spirit is revealed to you. The Holy Spirit is revealed in you. But wait, there's more. The Holy Spirit wants to come upon you and anoint you to then reveal through you. There's a newfound boldness and confidence that happens when you receive this baptism of the Holy Spirit. Then in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, it says, And you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Wow. You shall be my witnesses. 
Then we come to Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost, or the, the, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, just so you know, the word Pentecost doesn't mean power. The word Pentecost, Pentecost was a Jewish festival for harvest. This is not the first Pentecost. This was just a significant day in the Jewish calendar. They celebrated Pentecost every year. They celebrated the festival of Passover every year, and they celebrated the festival of Pentecost every year. The festival of Passover was God's grace and mercy sparing us. The festival of Pentecost was a harvest, harvest festival. Thanking God for all that He's given to us, the, 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 the produce of our crops. Isn't it funny that God pours out His Spirit on harvest festival? So when the harvest festival was in season, they were all in accord in one place and suddenly there came from a, a sound from heaven as of a rushing wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting and they appeared to be divided tongues as of fire sat upon each one of them and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. Wow. That is such a... I, every time I read that, it's like, I feel electricity pumping through me when I read. I just get so excited. And it says that they went out, filled with the Holy Spirit, and they started really successful businesses and made lots of money. No, it doesn't say that at all. It says that when they, when they left the upper room, they went outside and, and there was a whole bunch of people. There was a whole bunch of of. of people from all different backgrounds. And it says that Peter, in the boldness and the authority of the Holy Spirit, preached Christ. And 3,000 people said yes to Jesus in that moment in time. We've got to be careful that we do not misunderstand the role of the Holy Spirit in us as the empowered believer. It's not just so I can get a car park when I go to Westfield. Oh, we're at car. oh, it's really busy. Oh, there's one right there by the front door. Oh, the Holy Spirit's so good to me. <laughs> but then we go around and we shop the whole entire Westfield shopping mall for three hours and we don't tell anybody about Jesus. But I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I fell down on Sunday. Oh, friend, the Holy Spirit wants to reveal Christ to me, in me, and through me. His role is the revealer that my whole life would shine and testify to Jesus. They're filled with power and they witnessed unto Jesus. They didn't just go about living their Christian prefect lives. Oh, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. Look at the size of my spiritual fruits. I'm really, really good at joy. It's not a fruit festival. It's a harvest festival. 
And the harvest ain't the fruits. The harvest is souls. That I would be so full of the Holy Spirit that I would be his ambassador. Well, if Jesus, listen to this verse again. In Romans 8, 11, and I've hit on this a couple of times. But if the spirit of him, the Holy Spirit, the pneuma, if the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from who he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the spirit who indwells within you. Where is the spirit? Within me. I am a carrier. This is why another scripture tells me that I am a temple of the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit lived behind the veil in the Holy of Holies. In the New Testament, because Jesus has made me holy, I am now worthy to be a carrier of the fullness of His Holy Spirit power and presence. That my life, that I carry the, the entirety of God in me. I carry all the Holy Spirit within me. This is why we are called Church Unlimited. Because if the Holy Spirit is upon each individual person, and I don't just carry the fingernail of the Holy Spirit, I carry like the whole Holy Spirit, He's in me. Then I have the unlimited power and presence of God within me. Do you know what this means? That, that the limitations of God on the earth are in me. Because I'm the valve. I'm the carrier. It's already in me. It's not like God's sitting in heaven going, oh, hold on, it's not working. Just wait just a little bit longer. No, the power of God is in me. And I can either choose to live closed up, just doing my own thing, living my good Christian. No, I journaled 17 times this week. I read my Bible. I've memorized scripture. No, I need to open up my life. And allow the power of God to flow out of me. The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. What are you doing with it? What are you doing with him? He empowered the same power that Jesus used to move miracles is in you. The same spirit that raised him from the dead. Resurrection life is in you. We didn't get some lesser version. We didn't get the Aldi version. You know, it's like, it's kind of the same. It's different name, tastes a little bit, but it's similar. You know, it's like, it's the Numa. Jesus got the Numa, but we got the Numi. It's just a little bit less. It's not the same. In Mark 16, 15. Jesus said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. In, in Mark 16, 17, it says, and these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Jesus puts those miracles right in the same exact passage as the commission to represent Christ. Then it says in Mark 16, 20, and they went out and preached everywhere and the Lord was working with them 
confirming the word through the accompanying of signs. Through the accompanying of signs. People say to me all the time, James, why isn't there that many miracles happening today? Well, there actually are. We just don't see them. Or we haven't trained our eye to see them. But let me answer this. Scripture directly links miraculous power with salvation. Jesus says a wicked and perverse generation goes seeking after signs. We've had revivals that spark and, and, and there's revivals all around the world like Toronto and Brownsville and, and Pensacola. and There's revivals that take place around the world. But what happens is instead of it being an empowerment to bear witness to our community, it becomes like a really cool spectator thing where like Christians from all over the world fly to that location and they go, oh, I want to see what's happening here. And we become spectators instead of participators with what God wants to do. Jesus shows us that miracles and power are for salvation in Mark chapter 6 when he goes to Nazareth, which is his hometown. And Jesus goes to his hometown and and everybody knew that he could do the miracles. Everybody knew that Jesus was full of power. But what did they start to do? They started to mock him. They said, oh, yeah, you're not God. You're not the Messiah. We know you. We grew up with you. And because there was no faith for salvation, it says that Jesus did no mighty work there. If we would start allowing ourselves to be conduits of the Spirit, that the Spirit wants to reveal through me in my workplace, the Spirit wants to reveal through me in my family, the Spirit wants to reveal through me in my driving, Maybe we would see some more miracles. But we've got to see ourselves as conduits. That the power of God wants to flow through us. You have been instructed to go and preach and make disciples and baptize. We've got to see this as a cycle. That we would go. I'm so glad that Jesus went and preached and made disciples. And the disciples got filled with the Holy Spirit. So that they could then go and preach and make more disciples. So that those disciples would get baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. So that they would go and preach all the way until the 20th of June in the year 2000. When a guy named Jimmy Eversole preached to James Hensley. And then James Hensley got discipled and filled with the Holy Spirit. And James Hensley went to Australia I didn't come to Australia to marry Paula. I came to Australia so that God would use me for my mission and my mandate. When I was focused on my mission and my mandate, it just so happened I got the gift with purchase. <laughs> I was all in buying into the Holy Spirit. And then lo and behold, the woman of my dreams comes along. We've got to be careful that we don't chase the wrong thing. Do you know that the baptism of the Holy Spirit isn't so that you can speak in tongues? The baptism of the Holy Spirit isn't so that you can work miracles. The baptism of the Holy Spirit isn't so that you can heal the sick. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is so that you can bring salvation 
to our world. Jesus tells us this when the disciples come back and say, Hey, Jesus, even the demons trembled when we cast them out. And Jesus says, Guys, you got it all wrong. Don't, don't, don't focus on the fact that the demons obey you. Focus on the Lamb's book of life. Your name is in the salvation, mate. Your, your name is in the Lamb's book of life. We need a church that understands that we have been filled with the Holy Spirit to change the world. I am an ambassador for Christ and the Holy Spirit wants to empower me through the baptism of the Holy Spirit so that I can go and reveal Him to the world around me. And so as we study the person of the Holy Spirit, we study that, that He is revealing Christ to me so that He can then reveal Christ in me. Don't miss that step. So many people run off half-baked. Oh. They run off and they're, and they're not allowing God to work on them. God's revealing Himself to me all the time. That hopefully, you know, I'm, I'm a better Christian than I was last year. Maybe not yesterday. I don't know what happened yesterday. But I'm a progressive. I'm becoming sanctification. I'm becoming more and more like Jesus. Who I am today and who I was a couple years ago, not the same bloke. Because the Holy Spirit's working on me. I am a work in progress. But I'm still an ambassador because I've been filled with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. I want to invite the worship team to come. Thanks for joining us. We pray that you and your family are richly blessed by the love and grace of Jesus. If you're ever in the area, we would love for you to join us for Sunday worship. 